Yes, people, how are you doing this episode? I don't know what of Griff's brain dumps It's me, Griff, obviously. We missed a week, didn't we? Why? Because I owe you nothing. No, I do. I actually recorded it and um, fully fell asleep. Not even, you know, previous episodes I've drifted off and been like, Ugh. and what am I talking about again? And doing all that on the pod. Now, I fully conked out uh, last time I recorded. Um, I think the recording was like 50 minutes and I stopped talking about 20 minutes in. And I couldn't be bothered to go back and edit and add in Dear Deirdre. I think I even tried. I had the audacity to try and do Dear Deirdre after I woke up. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, am, I, am I really going to post this? I don't think so. So, um, so I thought, do what? We're not going to post it. We're not going to post it at all. We're just going to move on, skip a week, and um, see what happens. Do what? Nothing even happened in last week, I don't think. Like the week before. I think that was the problem. It's hard to stay awake when you're literally talking about nothing. But this week, we've had black women get choked out by Asian men. And it's white people's fault. <laughs> we've had things going on. We've had the, the Russell Brand documentary. We've had that. So we've, got, we've got things to talk about this week. Things in my life. What's been going on in my life? Uh, what have we been doing? What have we done this week? Still haven't gone back to comedy yet. Still haven't gone back. Uh, but... Being with the family, we did uh, made our family photos today. Eight, four of us. The reason being because our second child has F or professional photos. Um, Zavi has no photos, professional ones. Whereas Zadie had a newborn shoot, a six-month shoot, a year shoot. It was all part of one package. We didn't just do that. She's got hand casts from those same periods. Newborn, six-month, and a year. They're on, they're on, I'm looking at them now in the living room. They're on, they're on the wall. They're on the, um, on the shelf. Fantastic piece of art. Zavi uh, has nothing. On our wall, I'm looking now, there's two pictures of Zavi. One's a close-up taken on the mobile phone. And the other's the four of us in the garden. <laughs> it's hilarious. Because um, he's such a photogenic child as well. There's no photos of this kid. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we went for uh, a family shoot. One of our friends bought that as a present for us. So um, there's the thing with these photos, right? Is that the, the shoot's not expensive. The shoot's always affordable. That's always affordable. But it's the actual photos. You know, they charge you for the digital. They charge you for the prints. It's just they just ram it up. I think we've got three, listen to this, we've got three digital images for 250 quid. I say that out loud, it's making me vex. And, and that's us haggling them down. To get five images, it's 500 pounds. We got three for 250. So we, we got a deal. That was us getting a deal. Unbelievable. But the morning of us heading to this photo shoot the morning of um, i am downstairs uh, our stairs lead into our dining room i'm downstairs in the dining room everyone else in the family is upstairs and then i hear as i look through the the banisters of the stairs or the spindles i see my daughter hurtling downstairs as in she's falling down the stairs bleeding from my nose I'm like, oh my god! I, I just panic. I shout. I don't, you know, like like my name is gonna help her. 
Like me shouting the nice little help. I'm like, Zaydi! <laughs> Bears my mic. I was wearing a white t-shirt, ready for the photo shoot. Um, I'm covered in blood. She's just bleeding from her nose, bleeding from her mouth. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, has she broken something? I'm checking her body. But like, does this hurt? Does this hurt? She's like, ooh. She's, and I was like, just give me a hug. Naomi's in the bath, in the shower. I'm, sh- I'm shouting, oh, babe. Oh, Because I don't know what to do. I want to do. She, she's a teacher. She knows when kids hurt themselves what to do. I'm just there hugging her. And I'm like, shit, 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 shit. Like, she might be concussed. Like, when you're two, like, you, how do you deal with concussion and things? I'm thinking, oh, no, I know that this photo shoot's done. I'm not even thinking about the photo shoot, but you know what I mean? But I'm like, we're going to have to go to the hospital. That's what I'm thinking, right? And then Nomi comes down. She runs. She sees me covered in blood. It looks worse than it is. Uh, and Zadie's there, oh, I, I, just, I, I want to watch cartoons. I'm like, what? And and I want a snack. I was like, I'm going to look at Boma. I think she's all right. <laughs> this child still has blood coming out of her nose. And she's like, I'm, I'm a bit hungry. Like, is, is this the concussion speaking or does this girl just not care? She's actually fine. And uh, so, yeah, she ends up sitting in the living room, eating some planting chips. I had, uh, I keep on checking the other day, going, you all right? She's like, yep. <laughs> I was like, it's like this child forgot she fell down the stairs and had blood just pouring out of her nose. She just, <laughs> I was like, I would go, wow, these kids are robust. And she was like, why do you think she didn't get more hurt? Like, she felt, cause she, because Naomi had no idea. I was like, she fell from the top. Of the stairs. I had to see a cup. I only saw her coming halfway down, but I heard a badoofid from the top. So why do you think she didn't get hurt? Like because she she was floppy. That's how you that's how you survive these falls. It's being floppy. It's only us as adults filled with fear. We tense up. The amount of times you hear those stories about like man uh, over over the limit or man like high class body full of class A drugs falls out of like the third floor window. Of like an apartment block survives. Just has like you know fractured pelvis, but fine. Generally fine though. You don't mean them guys, because they're just mashed out of their face and just relaxed, didn't even tense up. Make a fully sober, cognizant person fall out of a window from the first floor. They're breaking everything because they're just tense up, trying to put their foot down. That's when the femur ends up in their face. You know? <laughs> so she was just floppy. The boom, 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 she didn't know what was happening. She, there's no part of her that goes, I could maybe survive this. I could hold on. No. She just fell. Ah, <sighs> man. It was a rough one. But then we went to the photo shoot. We had a great time. Got some lovely photos. <laughs> Day before, Naomi and I went on a, on a date night. It's our first night out. Just two of us as parents of two. So I went shuffleboard. People, it's a game. That is a proper game, shuffleboard. I, I recommend it as a game for couples. I recommend it as a game on a first date. I recommend it as a game for people being shuffleboard. I recommend it as a game for small groups. I recommend it as a game for large groups. It is a fun game. You can't really be super skilled at it, but you can't really be, you know, you can't be really good at it. You can't really be really shit at it. You know what I mean? Like, even if you were really good, someone's shit could still beat you. 
and vice versa. Someone who's really good could annihilate someone who's really shit, but it's just you just never know. And that's what makes the game fun. And it's fun, man. So I recommend Shuffleboard. Um, I won, <laughs> obviously. Um, it's not an important factor, but it's the truth, and I won. So I'm just letting you guys know that. Um, you know I mean? This, this is what happened. Now, let's get into the news, news of the week. Things that have happened, there's been disasters all across North Africa. I haven't read about any of them. Um, I haven't, just haven't read about any of them. Um, the hair shop, let's get into the hair shop. Right. Let's get, if you don't know about what's happened in the hair shop, quick rundown. Woman in Peckham, choked out by, black woman, choked out by Asian shopkeeper. That's... <laughs> She wasn't choked out. That 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 makes it sound like UFC ground a pound. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have seen it. Um, go, it. It's still ongoing now. Here's the thing that I find so interesting about the internet is that we just live in a world of false dichotomies. I'm so annoyed that um, I mean I enjoyed my date now, but I wish I could have gone to the ESN pod because I know they would have spoke about it. Um, I don't know if my views have been different to anyone else's. I don't, I'm interested to hear what their episode. Um, but my view on it is we live in this world of false dichotomies. And the way this was broke down on the internet was this. It's either you are uh, a business owner and other people don't understand what it's like to have difficult customers. And um, actually, I've got to flesh out what, what actually happened. Black woman went to return hair, no refund policy. Therefore, this is a bit I'm unclear about. Therefore, she went to the back of the shop, grabbed some hair. I'm not sure if this was a part of the exchange that she was allowed to do or she was attempting to steal it. I don't know. But the Asian shopkeeper uh, blocked her from leaving, pushed her, and then she went at him. And then he was restraining her. She hit him in the head with a basket and then he grabbed her around the neck. And then um, he'd already called the police at this stage. She was screaming, called the police. Police came. I think they may have arrested her, even if not at the site, but they arrested her after. And then once they saw the CCTV, he was then put under caution. There you go, that's what happened. Since then, people have been protesting outside the shop. Um, and this is what I'm saying. What, how it's boiled down to on social media and in real life, it seems, is a false dichotomy of your either a shop owner and you don't understand what it's like to have difficult customers... That's what you're saying to other people. Uh, she's a thief. <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's that's one view. And the other view is, under no circumstances, is it ever okay for a man to strangle a woman, especially a black woman? Those are your two camps. Nothing in between. Okay is either she's a thief and is, she deserved to be choked or she got choked and should never ever be choked. And he's either just a humble shop owner defending his products or he's a racist <laughs> who hates black women. There's no, there's no in between. And for me, it's like every step of the way, I feel like there's a clear right and wrong. Okay, so let's go for no refund policy. That's bollocks, but it is what it is. Although trading standards are now looking at that. Okay, 
but the fact of the matter is you've entered that transaction and that is one of the things that's not a new thing that's come that's on the receipt okay and i kind of understand the premise of it with her fine no refund policy i'm assuming she was buying something that came under that policy so i'm neutral on that no one's right or wrong at that point i'm neutral on it even though i don't like the policy it is what it is she tries to return it he's like nah look at the policy okay so she goes and grabs her let's assume that she's uh i have to assume that they haven't agreed on what she's allowed to grab she's going to leave the shop he blocks her now this is the only bit wrong this is the only gray area for me it's him blocking her because when i used to work in retail the rule was you couldn't stop someone who you thought was going to steal something. Reason being is until they leave the premises, they haven't stolen anything. Even if they're marching towards the door, you cannot stop them until they step off the premises. And as soon as they step off the premises, that's when you're allowed to go out and go, excuse me, come back in. But until then, no. And what usually happens is someone would have... Stolen goods, so linger around the door, then the little side step, puff, out, out the door to run down the high streets. So, okay, yeah, they've got, they nicked some trainers. So this man's stopping her before she's left. She technically hasn't stolen anything, and I think that's why she hasn't been arrested for theft. Or, um, it was under exchange policy, and that's why she hasn't been arrested for theft. So, either way, that bit's grey for me. Only bit that's really disappointing in that moment is if she was trying to leave past this guy. Once he pushed her, chuck a little shimmy, you know, drop her shoulder, little sidestep, little spin. That was disappointing. Then him restraining her. Um, so my thing is this: there's your stuff's insured, you know, it's on CCTV. You don't really get into a physical confrontation with someone. Okay, and but I'm not even saying he's fully wrong for that. I'm just saying there's an alternative course of action. See, I'm reasonable, I'm being balanced here. Then she clarks him in the head of a basket. I'm thinking, mm, that's probably wrong. <laughs> that's wrong, but I understand how you might do that in a panic situation. And then he puts his hand around the neck again. That's wrong. But um, I understand that as you're having an altercation with someone, how that might happen. So does it have to be this bigger thing? No. Is it this bigger thing? I don't know. But here's the fun thing. I definitely know for sure that if we did not swap the races of the characters in this story, but if we made that woman a white woman trying to make a return on a policy where there's no return, we would be laughing our heads off, call this woman a Karen, call her entitled, and say, what is she doing? Typical, thinks she can just return stuff when she can't return stuff. Uh, that's what that's how that was being processed. And, um, and that's it. That's it, really. And I think if the shopkeeper was, was black... If the shopkeeper was black and the woman was black, then I don't think we'd see it as as it is. I think, yeah, I think if you made both characters the same race as each other, people would see it as it is. But because there's different races, it adds these new dynamics to it. 
I mean, half the country feel black people are thieves anyway, so her go through this, they've got in their heads that she deserves it, right? And then you got him being Asian, so a lot of black people like they don't like us anyway. Well, one thing I did find funny about the whole racial dynamics <laughs> is when people do their breakdown. And put someone, I can't remember who, mentioned white supremacy. Um, I think it was Kaleshi. And people got into her comments going, black person, what Asian guy, black woman, is white people's fault. <laughs> white, white people had enough. They're like, do us a favour. We're literally not involved in this. <laughs> These are, I've got what point she's making. It, it's the thing about the about language in it and context and understanding the forum you're talking in that um who's who's listening who's listening to these things now i get she probably knows who's listening to her things and she probably doesn't care she's probably not making it for those people who are going to disagree with her anyway right now i understand what she meant but i think this is better words for things right like we can say it's white supremacy but Probably the better thing to talk about is anti-black racism in that moment. Because it, I can understand why your average white person is going up. Why are you talking about us? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. But what I found interesting, though, is uh, I saw a lot of uh, individuals or black men there in the shop. You know, not, not not being aggressive to the shopkeeper, but, you know, just protecting the black woman. I saw people at the protest outside the shop, but that shop looks like it's going to, run, it's, it's going to be out of business because they're not letting that place open at all. Even trading standards are going there to investigate their no-refund policy. And um, but I'm seeing enough black men there. So, you know, when they say... Black men don't represent, don't show up for black women. They seem to be there at this point. See, some people just not really want to back it at all because, like, this isn't, this isn't our, this isn't the fight. This isn't the fight, guys. She was trying to steal hair and she smashed the shopkeeper in the head of a basket. This <laughs> ain't our fight, guys. But I, it is an interesting one. It is interesting. But like I said, I think if you just break down all these little constituent parts, it's very easy to follow which bits are right, which bits are wrong. And uh, I guess you just got to be explicit about what bits you're defending, what bits you aren't. I guess that's it, really. Because it's not too dissimilar to, you know, if someone in your family has done something fucked up to someone else, but then someone does something to them in retaliation a lot of people are like I, I hear that my brother's a prick but i can't let you get away with jumping in before guys so i'm gonna have to murder all you guys you know that's that's what that's how some guys roll other people will ask their brothers like why do you get jumped before guys no oh, because i'll i'll sleep with one of their wives kind of boil it on yourself mate and then they just carry on with the day. I'm more of a pot B guy than a pot A. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you just got to let, 
to let the consequences of the world teach that person a lesson, you know? But, um, but yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to be better. <laughs> I'm trying to ride out for people more. I'm just, I'm just not great at it. Not great at it. But yeah, that's been going on. Then we've got the Russell Brand documentary that came out. I watched that today. It's funny because a lot of comedians knew about this documentary coming out a few days before. Russell Brand got ahead of it and did a little inter- did a little video, you know. And it's funny how he's positioned himself over the past few years to be in this exact place where he knew this stuff was coming out. And he thought, how do I get away with this? Let me galvanise myself in that little pocket on the internet where it's right adjacent, where everyone's a conspiracy theorist and they're scared of the Matrix coming after them. You've got to do your research and they're free thinkers that all think the same. You know, all three things will listen to the same group of people, say the same thing. But all three thinkers, though, but it's like they're reading off a hymn sheet. The three thinkers, though, don't worry, it's, it's crazy. And where they're literally just contrarians to anything that's from the mainstream, they're contrarians. And he's positioned himself just there on, on the edge of it. Where he's built enough of following on YouTube, enough of following on these other, um, other platforms where he doesn't need the mainstream. And when these allegations come out, what's in the comments? Oh, we knew this coming for you, Russ. Don't let them get you down. You're too close to the truth. And he's tied it into that. He's tied it into the establishment going after him. It's funny, that, isn't it? It's funny. It's funny how they all go for that kind of argument. Nothing to do with the actual multiple allegations of rape and sexual assault, nothing to do with that, no, 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 it's, it's, it's the matrix, it's the establishment coming after you, because if that was the case, surely they wouldn't go after anyone that's mainstream, you know, like a Philip Schofield, hey, they, they wouldn't go for someone like that, would they, because that's the thing, they're not going for someone like that, it's people releasing stories about things that have actually happened to them, Rather than a big conspiracy theory. Because there's people on the right who or in that little space look at what's his name? Jordan Peterson. Where's all these multiple women coming out saying he did this and that to them? None, because he hasn't done those things. Yeah, people might try to silence him, but they're not really silencing him. And what I'm saying is those accusations haven't come out because there's no smoke there. There's no fire there to cause the smoke. Russell Brown was literally labelled Shagger of the Year three years in a row. Everything about this guy, like I said, it's the accusation test. I've always said this, it's about the accusation test. If an accusation came out against you, would people be able to go, no, no way, not a chance? Is that their reaction? Or is their reaction going, I mean, <laughs> that's what it's all about, people. That's what I'm going to tell my kids to carry yourself. There's two lessons I'm going to tell them. Shame over clout, because they're going to be raised in the world of video phones and cloud storage. Shame over clout. Before you do something, think about the shame. Now, think about the clout. Shame outweighs the clout. That's number one. 
And number two, you always have to carry yourself in the way that you pass the accusation test. Whether you did or not is a separate thing. But you have to pass the accusation test. It's better to be a guilty person than people think you're innocent than to be an innocent person people think you're guilty. You have to be able to pass the accusation test that when the accusation is linked to your name, people's reaction needs to be no no way what are you talking about? Not yeah, well, I mean, it can't be that. And that's the thing. Russell Brand, I don't know the guy. But I've heard these rumours for so many times. And when those rumours were first presented to me, I wasn't like, no way. I was like, well, I mean. <laughs> so that's what I mean, man. you got, you got to be able to pass those accusation tests. Uh, well, in the documentary, the sadistic thing about me is, like I said, when, when we heard about the documentary coming out in the comedy world, we all thought it was going to be this big expose about the industry in general and multiple people, and we thought Russell Brand beat one of many comedians mentioned in it. Instead, it was all about him, and the amount of comedians I saw who were like, oh man, this is disappointing. I thought it was going to be an absolute bloodbath. Because we all, we've all heard rumours about people in the industry. So we're like, are they finally going to get their flipping day of reckoning? Is it happening? And it's just one guy who we've all known about for years. And he's just like, ah, oh, this is boring, this is old news. I'm not sure if anyone outside of comedy has even watched this documentary. Pretty harrowing stuff. Some of the accounts, difficult to, difficult to hear and listen to. Make me pause in my foods here. Alright, back, I've just eaten, so I'm full of energy, full of beans. Um, <laughs> let's get to, uh, I think it's a Dear Deirdre. I think that's where we were. Um, what, what did I eat? I had had, um, had Pizza Hut. It's weird, right? I see people have Pizza Hut and they look at me like I'm a weirdo. Like, me and my wife are the only people that still eat at Pizza Hut, but we're keeping that business running. He was like, no, I'm a Domino's man, I'm a Papa John's man. Everyone's got their pizza, but to be fair, I haven't met anyone else who Pizza Hut's their thing. Or they have like a local kind of authentic Italian place. You know, it has an authentic Italian guy running the restaurant. He's like, you alright, mate? Yeah, it's me. Mario. You know, like they've, got, they've got the full Italian name, but they're just like, Geezer, you alright, mate? Do you even speak like a lick of Italian? I don't know. Anyway. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Ooh, let's go. Dear Deirdre, I lust for sex with other men and want to suggest an open relationship to my husband. <laughs> never. Never, never, never. This either needs to be from the jump or you can't introduce this partway for a relationship. And as the woman doing it as well, that guy knows that you could just be railed every night. Because <laughs> every guy likes the idea of an open relationship. Why? Because they went to like a stag do while they were married. And they had like two, two strippers look at them and be like, Did I, if I was single, I would like to smash any of these birds. You mean he smiled at someone in the bar. So if I was single... I'll go over there, I'll be smashing that bird. 
He's like, no, if you were single, you'd be stood in the exact same spot with the bar, not talking to that woman. They go, fuck, she's fit. That's it. So the reality would come. And it's not to say that, you know, every woman can just get any guy. That's not true. And they wouldn't be, she wouldn't be smashing every night. But she could. That's the thing. She simply just lowered her standards. Very feasible for a woman to have sex every night with a different guy. Just simply had to lower standards. As a man, you lower your standards throughout a day. You've been out on the pool when you're single. Depending on the time of day you pull that woman, it gives you an indication of how good looking that woman was. I think I've said this on the pod before. There's some women that you're messaging from 6 p.m. going, you're out tonight, where are you going? And you're manipulating your whole group of friends going, I think we should go out in, out in Shoreditch tonight, you know? It's like, why? The plan was Brixton. Yeah, I think Shoreditch is where we should go. <laughs> you're making all your friends redirect their whole plan to go to Shoreditch because that one girl you've been speaking to from 6 p.m. is there. It gives me an idea of the calibre of woman you're dealing with there and how much you like her. Let's compare that to a woman that you're meeting at the first bar you walk into in the weather spoons. Swap numbers, yeah, she's nice. You actually talk to her. You think about her in the next bar and the next bar after that, you still think about her. Yeah, gives you an idea. You're sober when you only have one drink, one, two drinks. Let's compare that to the girl you're talking to at 1am, dance floor. Barely see her face. Strobe lighting all over her face, but it's like, yeah, she's nice. <laughs> then let's compare that to the girl you're talking to at 4, 4, 4.40 a.m. Not 4.30, 4.40 a.m. 20 to 5. Kebab shop is shut. You shouldn't really be talking to strangers at this time of night because either you're going to become a victim or become a suspect. <laughs> That's the only outcomes. The only outcomes of having a conversation at that time in the morning with strangers. You either become a victim or a suspect. Just go home. You know? And as a guy, you've done that through the night, you've just dropped your standards. This woman, it's just ah it's it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be horrendous. You you can't suggest it to your husband. Unless he has been itching for it, that you've got to make it seem like it's his idea and you're going on with his idea, but you can't be the one keen about it. Nah, I'd imagine someone suggests open relationships to you then next next week. Maybe we go cinema on Wednesday. I can't, I'm going out. Anyway, dear Deirdre, I'm so excited by the thought of what sex would be like with other guys that I'm going to suggest to my husband that we have an open relationship. I've only ever slept with him and I'm so desperate to put my fantasies into action but I don't want to wreck my marriage. Yeah, that's difficult. I've only ever slept with him. Here's the thing, right? There's a chance that you're going to sleep with someone else. They're going to blow your mind. They're going to unlock a different part of your brain that you didn't even know existed. You won't even be able to have sex with your husband again. Or you have sex with other guys and you're going to realise that the thing that makes... Your sex boring is also what makes your sex good. It's that you know each other, you're comfortable, you know what it is. So that could happen. It's, it's, it's wild. 
Um, I'm 27, my husband is 30. We got together when I was 17 and we married when I was 22. People think I'm lucky to have settled down with my first love and I am, except I feel like I've missed out on so many experiences. I adore him and our sex is good and loving, but I wonder if it might be better with someone else. You say that, but when this guy tries to pull it up your bum. Anyway, and even if it's not better, it will be different. All right, that's that's fair. That's a fair estimation. My fancy is about chat about other men started when a guy chatted me up in a calf. He was so good looking, and even though I brushed him off that night, I found myself thinking about him while pl- while I pleasured myself. Uh, the next time my husband and I had sex, I imagined he was the other guy, and my orgasms were off the scale. Since then, I've often found myself flirting with men. I don't want to split up with my husband, so surely an open relationship would be the perfect answer. It's okay for him. He slept with a few girls before we met. Yeah, listen, I'm telling you now. This open relationship thing is not, it's not the one. <laughs> it's not the one. <laughs> oh, dear. I tell you, just don't, just don't do it. Just, I don't know what you do, though. You instead of any other guy, the role play's not going to do it. <sighs> yeah, this man is going to just eat at you. So well, the maddest thing is, it's ter- terrible advice. My advice is this, is that you cheat on him discreetly, like different country, different name, no information, can't come back to you. And work out how you feel after that. Because um, you might say, nah, I don't want to be deceitful. It's deceit that will eat away at me. No, no, no. You'll know how you feel about the sex itself. You have to firm the deceit thing. And if you feel like, oh, God, I need to do that again, that's when you suggest a relationship. But until then, because you might do it with someone else and you're like, oh, my God, that is terrible. Because here's the thing, once you open a relationship, when can you close it? Imagine you say let's open a relationship up. Six months, it's dry. I think we should close it again. And your partner's like, nope. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, man. That's my terrible advice. Treat them with a non-traceable uh, sneaky link. And then see how you feel after that. But you have to firm the guilt. If it doesn't work out, you just have to firm it. Don't ruin his marriage with your truth. <laughs> uh, oh, let's see, let's see this one. Feeling trapped. I'm scared to ditch my sponging boyfriend. He would have nothing left. Dear, 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 my boyfriend treats me like his personal bag. I'm sick of it, but I can't leave him because he'd have nowhere to go. Why? You're not his mum. We're both 33 and we've been together for four years. Our relationship is pretty rubbish. We don't have fun or talk. Why are you still in this? Even if this man ends up homeless, leave. We spend the evening sitting on the sofa, looking at our own laptops or phones and barely speaking. As for sex, that has never been great. Why are you still down? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. We rarely do it, and when we do, there's no snogging or foreplay. It's all over in a few minutes, from start to finish. I don't orgasm, and I've given up pretending. 
The problem is he is awful with money and has no savings. The reason the problem is like this should be something that's different to what you've said before. This just adds to the reason why you must leave. He runs out of cash before the end of the month, so he borrows from me. He says he'll pay me back, but of course he never does. I can't end the relationship because he won't cope alone. Fuck him. It makes no sense you're going to stay with someone because they'll be sad if you leave them. And you're going to end up staying with them and end up killing yourself. Like, what? what? How does that make any sense? You're going to end up messing around and get pregnant. This guy's now the father of your children. Stop it. Um, what's this? On the edge, I'm petrified of losing my job and becoming homeless. I have no savings. Preach. <laughs> uh, let's carry on. Uh, dear Digi, I fear of becoming homeless and it's keeping me awake at night. I can barely afford my... Ah, it's red you have. Yeah, fair enough. See, even my wife went to ship, we have a house. We can just sell the house. If you don't have a house, though, your life goes to shit. You better live close to your parents, man. And they better be alive. Um, wait, I can barely afford my rent, let alone get on the housing ladder, and I'm desperately anxious about the future. I am a 35-year-old single man in a low-paid job. I've always dreamed of owning my own home in the town, but I fear it's now impossible. The cost of living is so high I can't save anything. Not only will I probably rent for the rest of my life, but if my bills go up anymore, I might actually end up on the street. I see people begging outside a supermarket and realise it could be me. Jesus. Losing my job is all it would take. I have no parental support and no partner. You know you can get another job if you lose your job. Anyway, life is such a struggle and the future looks bleak. What can I do? <sighs> what can you do? Are you going to get sacked from your job? Because it looks like you're being sacked. Try not to worry about that. Get some other qualifications. Boost up the CV and all that. Um, that's it. All the rest is out of your control. All the rest is out of your control, man. And, um, yeah. It's rough on the actual genuine fear of being homeless. Shit. I'll tell you what, that was a motivator you to do better. I don't know what will. Because that's the reason why I just give 83% effort. Because I'm like, yeah, it'll probably work out. <laughs> if I turn forward to become homeless, non-stop work, graft, graft, graft. Anyway, I think that's it. I think that's the end of the pod. I'm going to get a bit tired. Let's end the pod there. It's been good, guys. Good energy. I want to go upstairs, offer my wife a drink. If she hasn't fallen asleep, let's accept. Anyway, people, join me next week. I don't know what I'll be talking about, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Peace.